Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We are looking at man as the image of God, which is in Latin, is called Imago Dei. Man, humanity, not just the man as a gender, the man and the woman, humanity as the image of God. What is the implication? What is the application? What does it mean that we were created in God's image? If you are not here in our teaching the last time, please go back and have a listening to it. I believe this is at the heart of the story that we are dealing with. Let's read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, that is Imago Dei. In the image of God created he them and male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So today we are going to move a little bit further into what we have been dealing with. Remember where we read, he said God created man in his own image. God said, let us create man, he said. And when you look at that verse 26, God said, and God said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. So we want to look first at the image and the likeness. Is the image of God in man and the likeness of God in man, are they different? Are they telling us two different things? Now, we are, we are moving closely. We are moving gradually to knowing what that image is, actually. Now, the, the, the Greek word that is used for image in the Bible, the, I mean, not the Greek word, the Hebrew word is salem. Okay, salem. And we need to understand that when you read through the scripture, and I'm going to give us the conclusion, when you read this through the scripture, the word image of God does not refer to something different from the likeness of God. Okay, the Hebrew word for image is salem. The likeness, the Hebrew word for likeness is demuth. And when you look through the scripture, and I'm going to save you going through all the, you know, theological arguments and counter-arguments and things like that, but... When you read through the scripture, you will see that actually the image of God does not refer to something different from the likeness of God. In the Hebrew word, there is no conjunction between the two expressions. This text simply says, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. There is no conjunction there. So in the original Hebrew, you should read, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And the thing is that when you actually read the scripture, when you read Genesis chapter 5 verse 3, which we read the last time, when the Bible was talking about Seth and Adam, the relationship between Seth and Adam, actually he used them in reverse order. Rather than saying image and likeness, he said likeness and image. They were, they were used in reverse order. And also, when you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and Genesis chapter 9 verse 5, you will see that each time appear 
by itself without the second one. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it talks about in the image of God. And in Genesis chapter 9, verse 5, it talks about the likeness of God. Okay, so what we are saying is this. After our likeness is only a different way of saying in our image, okay? The image of God in humanity is not different from the likeness of God in humanity. So, when God said, let us create man in our own image, after our own likeness, is a different way of saying the same thing. And that the two words are combined merely to add intensity to the world, to add intensity to the world. So, they don't have a clear different meaning in the usage in the book of Genesis chapter 1 to chapter 11. So image, when you look into the scripture, when you use look at the word image, the word that is used again in Hebrew is salem, and it means visible form. The visible form is a localized, visible representative of the divine. Okay, now that visible form can be solid like a carved or hewn statue of copy, like when you have, you know, people that worship other gods and they have, they make their little gods and things like that. So that visible form can be solid or sometimes it can be insubstantial. Most of the time that image is used in the scripture is much more talking about a solid, localized, visible representation of the divine. But sometimes it can also be like an appearance or semblance, but that is what image means. It's a visible form of something. What about likeness, demut? Demut is talking about one thing that had the appearance or form of another. One thing that have the appearance or form of another is when you say something is like or something is similar to, and you will see straight away that, that it, there is a sense in which image, when it is used in the scripture in an insubstantial way, is almost like likeness. And this is very, very important. And God said, let us create man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And the Bible says, and God blessed them and God tell them to, you know, to to increase and to multiply. So when you look at those scriptures that we have read over there, you will see that in verse 26 that we just read, the image of God is associated with dominion. Let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness and let them have dominion. So that's the first thing. Remember, we are breaking through, trying to understand what does it mean and what is the implication, okay? What does it mean that we were, we were created in the image and the likeness of Elohim? And what are the implications? And we are working our way into that gradually, praise the Lord. So we see that there is an association between the image of God in humanity and them having dominion. Let us make mine our own image and after our own likeness and let them have dominion. Then in verse 27, we see that the image is associated with creation of humanity as male and female. Okay, so male and female created he them. So the question is, is the maleness and femaleness a clue to the image? And what is the relationship between the image 
and dominion. So we are going to start looking at some of these things to help us to understand what the image of God is. We have defined what the word that were used in the original Hebrew as image and likeness is. But that does not tell us everything we need to know in order to help us to understand what the image and the likeness of God in humanity is. Remember what we said, that is that image of God in humanity, the number one, that separates us from other animals. Okay, and number two, obviously, it is something that we receive of God that is that no other creation or creature share. It is something we share with God. Now, so the question here is that is the maleness and femaleness of humanity a clue to this image? And number two, what is the relationship between the image and the dominion? Now, we may not be able to answer these two questions. I'll see how far we will go. So, so first question, is the male and female a clue to the image? Now, let us be clear. Again, I will give you the conclusion. Sexuality, in other words, the distinction between the man and the woman, could not be the image of God that men possess it. That could not be the, 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 the image, okay? Right? That is important, and we're going to talk about that. The, the fact is that there are no sexual distinction in the Godhead. God, there's no male, there's no female. We've talked about that in the past. The angel does not marry or give in marriage, and spirits do not have gender. So, if we're talking about humanity bearing the image of God, it's, it's not possible that we're talking about our gender distinction or the distinction between male and female. Male and female are biological terms. And when you look at the story of Noah, when Noah brought animals into the ark, it is the same term that were used. It's the same term that were used of animal when Noah brought them into the ark. So male and femaleness simply de designate the capability to procreate. Male and female. Maleness and femaleness. Remember, we are not talking about our own sexuality here. We are talking about Maleness and femaleness in this particular um, verse that we are talking about. God created them male and female because God is going to tell them to multiply and replenish the earth. Okay, so so the maleness and the femaleness is not is not the image of God in man. Now the Bible did talk about the man and the, the male and female. God used another term for male and female, which is man. And woman, okay, man and woman. That is a social terms, and that involves a lot more. So when we're talking about maleness and femaleness, that is not actually the image of God in man. Now it is important. The maleness and femaleness is important. Now when you look at the way in which Genesis chapter one verse twenty seven was fashioned, you can see that it's in a triplet. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You can see the fashion of that sentence. It's, in, it's at three levels, and that is why I put it in these three levels. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, one of the things you need to understand is that in the way that the, the Hebrews structure their language, doublet, when a word is doubled, 
often constitute synonymous restatement or parallelism. Now, not always, but often. So you, you will see that when they say one thing and they say it again, and the second phrase is actually used to be a restatement or a parallel of the first phrase. But however, in Hebrew or Jewish construction of language, a third line, okay, as we find here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, typically does not repeat the previous idea that has been repeated in the first and the second, but rather serve to let us know that there's a progression, there's an introduction of a new thought. So when you look at the way in which this sentence was structured, male and female created them is not a restatement, it's not synonymous with the two things that was going on before. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created in him. So in the image of God created in him is a restatement. It's a parallel statement to the first statement. But male and female created he them is actually a progression. This is an introduction of a new thought. So male and female in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 does not define the content of the image. But actually... The image of God is equally found in both the male and the female. Now, the male and the femaleness is not the content of the image, but the image of God is equally found in both the male and the female. And that is very, very, very important. Remember, we are answering this question. Is the male and female a clue to the image? No. The male and femaleness is, does not sure does not define the content of the image, but rather the image of God is equally found in both the male and the female. And that is really very, very important. So now, what is the relationship between the image and dominion? So that's our second question. Remember what we did. We went back to the scripture, okay, where God said, let us create them in our image and after our likeness. You know, we went back to to, to verses 26 and 27. And we're looking at this image. We say verse 26 associates the image with dominion, and verse 27 seems to associate the image with humanity as male and female. So we've answered that, that the association of the image with our gender with male and female is to say that that image is equally present in the male and the female equally. But it, the male and femaleness is not the content of the image, but that the image of God is equally present in male and female, that means that both male and female are of equal value before God, okay? The male is not any more valuable than the female, and the female is not any more valuable than the male because both of them bear God's image equally. Now, the other question now we want to answer now is about dominion. What is the relationship? Because definitely when we read uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, definitely, definitely the image of God in, in man is associated with dominion. Let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness and let them have dominion. So what is the connection? So when we look at the context of Genesis chapter 1 flowing into Genesis chapter 2, when we look at the context, it is very, very important that we understand this. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to move this forward completely today, but I'm going to start it today because this is important. 
When you read Genesis chapter 1, flowing into Genesis chapter 2, one of the things you will see is that it contains royal flavor. It uses terms, it uses sentences, it uses phrases that you will use for royalty. And this is very, very important. I always say this way, that Genesis chapter 1 is not about the creation of the world. That Genesis chapter 1 is about the creator who is creating. When you read Genesis chapter 1 flowing into Genesis chapter 2, God is portrayed as king. And I'm going to move this forward very, very, very forcefully and carefully and sensitively, okay? The image of God that we see in Genesis chapter 1 is very important for us to understand that God is portrayed as king, presiding and ruling over the heavens and the earth. What we are seeing here is a manifestation of kingdom. What we see here is God is kinging. God is doing kingdom. Now, we are not going to go into the whole thing here, but it is important for us to understand this, that in Genesis chapter 1, God is portrayed as king, sovereign over the cosmos. That is what we see here. How did we see that? We see the component of kingship that is common in ancient Near East during the period that the Bible was written. In the ancient Near East, you will see some quality and characteristics that only king manifests. Number one, what we see, we see God ruling by royal decrees, by fiat. God saying, let there be. Now, it is the king. Where the word of the king is, there is power. So, over and over again, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let there be this. And there was that. That is a manifestation of kingship. That is a royal act. That is a kingly act. God is doing kingdom. That is a kingdom act. That act, that act that God did over and over and over as we, that we saw in that Genesis chapter 1, actually is pointing to all that God. Even though the, the, the scripture didn't particularly say God is king here, like you read it in the book of Psalms and later on in the Bible, actually that very act shows you that God is king. He is ruling by saying, let there be and there is. Now, this also, this evaluation and judici judicial function of God saying, after God creating and God saying, it is good. It is good. It is very good. Actually, in the ancient Near East, that judicial function, that evaluation report is also a royal act. It's something that is reserved for the king. It is the king that gives his evaluation. This is a judicial function. This is a royal function. God saying, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is very, very good. We are looking at the portrait. Remember, Man, this man is going to be created in the image of God. We need to understand what is the picture. What is the picture of God that is revealed to us in this Genesis chapter 1? The picture of God that we see in Genesis chapter 1 is a God who is king, a God who is kinging, a God who is exercising dominion, a God who is ruling and reigning, a God who is sovereign over the cosmos. He's ruling by 
royal decree. It does judicial function and evaluation, which is a function that belongs to the king. And also we saw God addressing the divine counsel. He said, let us create man. And the very act of creation is actually an act that shows us that God is king. And also we saw God assigning sphere of authority or rule to the creature. Okay, you rule that, you rule that. Now that is the act of a king. So the God that is revealed to us in the creation story is a God who is king. A God who is king and who is exercising dominion. Who is exercising kingdom. Who is exercising king dominion. And one of the other things we saw in this creation story is that God is carefully constructing this work. It's, it's not just doing this work half assedly. We can see that there was a well-thought-out plan that God has made for the benefit of his creature. The creation is portrayed as a careful, constructed work. So we saw God who is king, but we also saw a God who has thought out his plan and purpose and worked it out for the benefit of his creature. Man being his ultimate masterpiece. So that is what we see here. Now I'm going to stop here by the grace of God because I want to come back and take this on from there because man is going to be created in the image of this God. This God that is revealed to us in the Genesis story. So it is important for us to understand the revelation of God that we see in this first page of the scripture in this creation story is a God who is king and it's also a God who is orderly. It's a God that has plan and purpose and work out his plan and purpose methodically. Okay. And that the way it created in Genesis and people have people have looked at this and you will see that actually the first three days of creation and the last three days of creation, when you put them just opposed, you will see what God was doing there. There was there was order. There was purpose. There was plan. Okay. The first day needed to be created before the second day, before the third day, before the fourth day, before the fifth day, before the sixth day. And when everything was complete, then God created his humanity. God created the masterpiece of his creation. And you will see that order, that care, that love that goes into the creation of God in this creation story. And this is the God that man is going to be created in his image. And after his likeness. And if you are listening to me today, this is the God that loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. So he loves you. And he has planned for you salvation. Because this world is, is passing away. This world is rushing towards destruction. God doesn't want you to, to die and be destroyed. God has created a way of escape, a way of rescue. But that rescue, that salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other name given among men whereby we might be saved. So you can come to him tonight. You can, you can confess your sin, confess your need of a savior. Ask him to come into your life and help you and he will do that. He will save you if you cry out unto him. Receive the gift of salvation from his hand. He will save you. He will take you. You will become a member of his family. You will become a citizen of his kingdom. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and the new heart. Do it tonight. In Jesus' name. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.